0: Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. This week in Life 66, the seventh step to a new you is becoming a peacemaker. Right now, there's relatively little peace in the country, in the world, and it's strange to look out at the country and seeing some people calling for peace, and they're doing it peacefully. There are others who are calling for peace while at the same time burning things, destroying things, even killing people, all in the name of peace. We haven't had this kind of situation, I don't remember, since maybe the mid mid to late 60s. During that same time, there was someone who wrote a couple of songs. One of them went like this, all we are saying is give peace a chance. He's the same guy who wrote, imagine there's no heaven. It's easy if you try. No hell below us, above us, only sky. Imagine all the people living for today. Imagine there's no countries. It isn't hard to do. Nothing to kill or die for. And no religion, too. Imagine all the people living life in peace. You may say that I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. I hope someday you'll join us and the world will live as one. It's the same person who said, We're more popular than Jesus Christ. This young person from Liverpool of course, you know him as John Lennon. And while he was calling for peace, just like 1 Thessalonians 5, 1-3 says, while they call for peace and safety, destruction will come upon them. And on December 8, 1980, the gunshot rang out from the hand of Mark David Chapman. He called for peace, but there was no peace. That movement of peace in the 60s opened up the drug culture, ushered in a wave of venereal disease, un- uh, unwanted pregnancy, legalized abortion, the removal of prayer in schools, the decline of morality pretty much across the board. Give peace a chance? What peace was there? Where can you find peace? Where is the real peace? See, anytime you try to find peace without the Lord Jesus, it's a futile search and and it can even be destructive. Matthew 5, 9 says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. You see, peacemakers look like their father their sons. They do what their father does. The peacemakers have the attributes of their father. They look like him. They act like him. In the Bible, people are often called sons of, and then they would have a description. It's like Barnabas was called the son of encouragement, that he looked like his father and metaphorically like encouragement. James and John were called sons of thunder, that they were these powerful, aggressive, energetic guys, the son of. Jesus calls us often sons of God. We are people who look like our father, just as it is with God's will that, just as it is God's will that all men would be at peace with God. So does the peacemaker. God wants everyone to live at peace with each other. So does God. Just as God lived his life, not for personal gain, but for salvation. So it is for the peacemakers. The peacemaker means one who makes peace between two opposing parties to establish right relationships between man and man, or man and God, and as we'll learn today, even between man and himself. Sometimes the greatest lack of peace is not outside of us, but it's inside of us. Would you say that you have peace with yourself today? Let's look at four relationships of a peacemaker. Number one, Peacemakers have peace with God. Romans 5.1 says, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Job 22.21 says, submit to God and be at peace with him. In this way, prosperity will come to you. If you're at peace with God, you'll prosper. Your mind's at rest, your spirit's at rest, your soul's at rest. You're not in conflict all the time. There is no peace if you don't have peace with God doesn't matter how much you protest, doesn't matter how much you change laws, it doesn't matter how much you volunteer or give to support a candidate, without the peace of God, there will be no peace. And this peace with God only comes one way, and that's the repentance. When you repent, you turn from living life your way, and you decided to live life God's way, you have peace. Repentance is a word that means you turn around 180 degrees. How do you repent? By starting off with Confession. You start off like we did with step one, with confessing your inability to do anything uh, in your own power to achieve peace. And you confess that. Confession releases you from the tension of that dividing wall, not trying to beat it down or break it or destroy it. But you are admitting that it's there and you're confessing that you want God to remove it. If there's no confession, there's no repentance. If there's no repentance, there's no peace. The enemy will hold this this anxiety over you for your life without, without confession and without repentance. That confession of your need for Christ frees you and removes the barrier between you and God, and you can live at peace with him. If you've not confessed and repented of certain ways in your life, do it right now. For without that, there'll be no peace between you and God. Number two, peacemakers have peace with themselves. Philippians 4.7 says, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. That's in the context of prayer, that as you pray and you don't become anxious about things, that God will give you a peace inside yourself that you don't even understand how you got it. Isaiah 26.3 says, he will keep you in perfect peace. He whose mind is steadfast on the Lord because he trusts in the Lord you keep your mind on Him, not on yourself, not on your circumstances, not on how somebody has wronged you, not on how somebody was unfair to you, not on how somebody did something to hurt or injure you, but you keep your mind on Him, you can have peace within. The hardest place to achieve peace, I think, is within yourself. God can even release you with um, His grace and His mercy, but sometimes we can't release ourselves. We're feelings, feeling so guilty and so... Um, just stressed over something we did or, or something we didn't do, living with regret, making mistakes that you can't live down. Sometimes God has forgiven us, but we haven't forgiven us. Sometimes God wants to remove the dividing wall and give us peace, but we won't let him. Peace with ourselves. It starts with seeking him in prayer, keeping our main, mind stayed on him and realizing how much he loves you, how much he's forgiven you how much grace is available to you god is the peacemaker who can make peace even within your own soul number 3 peacemakers bring peace between god and others second corinthians 5:18 says all this is from god who reconciled us, us to himself through christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation our job as ambassadors as, as christians is to be peacemakers between other people it's as if you're taking god by the hand and you're taking somebody else by the hand, and you're bringing them together. In the same way, you take a person by the hand and another person by the hand, standing in between and bringing them together. Peacemakers bring peace between God and others. It's a person who wants to see people come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. They evangelize, and they witness, and they befriend, and they share Jesus with others because they know that the greatest peace is found in a relationship with Jesus. And you know, there really isn't time to mess around here. I've been in ministry a long time and I've received many, many, many phone calls of someone who was in an accident or suddenly had a heart attack. Just this last week, one of my close friends in ministry was uh, at home just doing what he normally does every day. Had a massive heart attack. Praise God that he's on, his, uh, on the mend and doing much better, but just that quick, his life could have been gone my kids uh, my son and, and uh, his fiance at the time they're married now we got the call that they had a, a very bad accident on the freeway car flipped upside down and it could have very been very easily been that they had lost their lives during that accident they were safe they were fine really didn't even get a scratch but what if they didn't walk away you see there's no time are there people in your life that you need to be peacemakers and bring them or bring peace between them and God, we don't have time to waste. And finally, peacemakers bring peace between people and other people. Hebrews twelve fourteen says, make every effort to live in peace with all men and to be holy. Romans fourteen nineteen says, therefore, let us pursue the things which make for peace and the things by which we, one may edify another. Peacemakers bring people together. It's not always a safe place to be. You ever tried to stand between a husband and a wife during a marital spat? Oh, it's crazy. Then both of them turn on you. But people who are peacemakers always look to find a way to bring people together. So we need peace with God. We need peace with ourselves. Peacemakers help bring God and people together, and they help bring people and people together. What are some of the characteristics of a peacemaker? These are important to know because we have to know what a peacemaker really looks like. Peacemakers, number one, are not passive. Peacemakers do not look the other way to have peace at any cost. Sometimes peace takes a fight. What, what would have been like if the United States never entered World War II? Would there have been peace? No. Not if the evil Nazi regime had their uh, way, or at that time, the evil, evil Japanese regime had their way. We had to stand up and fight in order to bring peace. Jesus brought peace, but it wasn't passive. He came to the cross and he was beaten and he was brutalized and he was nailed to a cross. He actively destroyed the power of sin and death by his life on the cross. Colossians chapter two, verse 15 and 16 says that he was making a public spectacle of evil by hanging on the cross. See, peacemaking is not an easy road. No problem was ever solved by not dealing with it. Passive people, they don't want to disturb the peace, but instead they create more anxiety. You ever not confronted a situation? Just, oh, I just want to keep the peace. It doesn't keep the peace. Everybody knows there's this elephant in the room that nobody's talking about. There's this anxious issue between you and the other person. There's no peace, and sometimes it can go on for years, sometimes decades. Of ill will and um, bad feelings between people because somebody doesn't want to take the step and be confrontational. The shalom peace is not the passive absence of evil, but is the active concern for the well being of people. And it actively takes on the role of I'm going to be a peacemaker, I'm going to bring. Uh, love and, and justice to the situation. You don't see injustice end by people saying, oh, that's too bad. Somebody really should do something about it. Peacemakers are the ones that do something about it. So do you procrastinate dealing with hard situations or avoid them altogether in order to keep the peace? That'll determine whether or not you're a peacemaker or not. Number two characteristic, peacemakers are not willing to have short-term peace at any cost. Proactive is compared to reactive. The reactive person reacts to the stimulus that confronts him. Therefore, there's lack of control of his surroundings, and he has a very small sphere, sphere of influence. The proactive person takes control of his sphere of influence, and so that person dictates the stimulus that he will confront each day. A peacemaker sees the potential for harm and heads it off. A peacemaker sees the need and meets it before it becomes a problem. A peacemaker looks for opportunities to create peace. It doesn't wait for peace to come to him. Jesus was the most proactive person who ever walked the earth. He proactively came from heaven to earth to bring peace. Without him, there is no peace. And bringing that peace came with a very, very extreme price, the price of his life. With his enemies, he didn't react to them by an uh, aggression or by becoming angry or by um, becoming spiteful. He controlled them by loving. He controlled them by truth because he was prepared to always do the will of the Father. He was always ready to do what that will in every case demanded. And he commanded every scene he was in, often leaving the Pharisees and religious people befuddled with confusion. He was, he was aggressive in his kindness. He was aggressive in his truth. He was aggressive in his love, and he was aggressive in his mercy. Do you forfeit long-term resolve because you want peace now? It'll never work. You'll never have peace if you just want quiet now. You'll have noise and conflict forever. I mentioned being proactive, and that's the third characteristic. Peacemakers are proactive. In other words, they look for wrongs to right. They look for opportunities. They don't just sit by and hope something happens. You have done the right thing by not answering with anger and retaliation. That's being a proactive peacemaker. You see the devil at work and therefore must not strike back. You must have pity on him and pray for him because you realize he's been duped by the devil, this person that wrongs you. Go beyond just not responding. Seek to relieve his pain. Find a way to bring love into his life. Maybe you've been offended and you don't strike back, but do you want the best for that person? Maybe you don't sue the person or um, or vengefully strike him back but do you want the best for them and seek to bring something better for that hurting person's life here's what i know hurting purple people hurt people do we want to heal the hurt or just have peace proactive peacemakers want to heal the hurt do you see the need or conf- uh, do you see the need or the conflict in advance and take it upon yourself to remedy the situation That's what proactive peacemakers do. And number four, peacemakers build bridges. They don't burn them. Constantly making an effort to bring people together, they build bridges. They're the ones that create new friendships. They are never those who are in the middle of divisions, but they find a person who is always in conflict, or rather, if you find a person who is always in conflict with somebody else, you don't have a peacemaker. There's some people that seem like they're always mad at somebody or somebody's always mad at them or they always have some kind of just conflict some I know one guy it seemed like he was in a lawsuit with somebody every other week that's not a peacemaker the person who is spreading talk that is damaging you you know that's not a peacemaker or you 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 need to be a peacemaker in that uh, situation They don't burn bridges. James 3.6 says, The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person, sets the whole course of his life on fire, and is itself on fire by hell. You know, If we could just learn to keep our mouth shut, we could avoid a lot of conflict, and we could learn to be peacemakers by being slow to anger and quick to listen. I'll tell you this. Social media and email and texting are some of the devil's greatest tools. Because you can speak destructive things and burn bridges and you never have to have the courage to, to look that person in the eye. It's evil. It's wrong. Repeating hurtful words is wrong. Listening to hurtful words is wrong. Colossians 3 says, encourage one another. Whatever you say, give glory to God. Do you find it easy to walk away from someone to avoid a confrontation rather than fighting to save the relationship? Isn't it better to save it Rather than just walking away and saying, oh, well, i lose it. But don't get me wrong. There's a time and a place to walk away. But the intent ought always to be restoration and redemption, not just letting the burning bridge burn. Do you have anyone in your life right now that is on the other side of the burn bridge? Jesus said, make every effort to live in peace. If your brother has something against you, go to him before you worship. Otherwise, your worship is useless. Ephesians 2.14 says he himself, Jesus himself, is our peace. Because God is peace, then there can be no peace without God. He's removed the dividing wall of hostility. Therefore, you can have peace with God. You can have peace in yourself because he's forgiven you. You've been given the purpose, the mandate, to be a peacemaker between God and others and between people and people. In your relationship with God, there can be no peace unless you confess yourself and be in right relationship with God. If you are, you'll be a peacemaker, and those people will be called sons of God. One of the greatest compliments I ever get is when someone says, you know, your son looks like you. He acts like you. And you know, because I'm proud of my son, because I love him and I love who he is, when someone says that, it gives me a great amount of joy. You know, it gives the Father an amount of joy, too, when you look like Him, when you act like Him, when you respond like Him, and when you love like Him. I want people to say about me, you know, you look like your Father, your Father in Heaven. And I want God, I want people to say that about you, too, that you look like your Father. Peacemaking makes you a son of God. And when you're a peacemaker, you look like Jesus. Hope this helps you this week. It's a powerful word. Let's be peacemakers in a time when there's not very much peace. Let's not fight and argue over politics. Let's not fight and argue over which movement is right or which movement is wrong. Instead, let's look for ways to bring peace. And only through Jesus can that peace happen. Hope you have a great week. God bless you. This is Pastor Greg checking out. And uh, let's live the Life 66 every day. Take care.